Hey, good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, April 15th. Uh, my name is Tim, and uh, if you're wondering what happened to my nose, go back to yesterday's devotional where I explained it all, all right? But uh, it is Wednesday, April 15th, which is tax day. Actually, supposed to be tax day anyway. I don't know if you've heard the old saying, only two things are for sure in life, death and taxes. Well, uh, Jesus changed all of that with his victory over death on Easter. So death no longer is a sure thing in the, in the truest sense. And tax day has been moved this year and the government is actually sending us money <laughs> back. So neither death nor taxes are a sure thing this year. So it's a bad week in many respects, but uh, I guess not all bad, all right? Uh, this was originally supposed to be the worst week for the COVID-19 deaths in the United States. I'm not sure where we stand right now because I'm in avoiding the news now as much as I possibly can. But uh, I have good news for you. It's here in God's word. And I want you to read along with me today. We're gonna be in Psalm, the 23rd chapter. As I said, my name is Tim. I'm from New Hope Church in Texas. Please let us know where you happen to be joining us from today. Even you saying good morning is an encouragement to everybody else who's here in this space, in this room with us. <clears throat> let me uh, make a statement that I'm growing quite fond of during this time that we're in right now. And, and the statement is this, the only way to get through this is to get through this. The only way to get through this is to get through this. And I wanna show you why I think I'm growing more and more fond of that statement. It's, it comes from the scripture that we're gonna be looking at today. Uh, as I said, Psalm 23, one of the most beloved passages in all of the Bible, only a few verses long but probably one of the, probably the most famous chapter in the Bible, even though it's only a few verses. I'm gonna walk through it verse by verse, <clears throat> and then at the end, we're gonna read it together uh, without stopping. So if you wanna uh, join me, I'm gonna be reading out of the New International Version, uh, but whatever you have with you will work today. It just may be a few words might be different, all right? So here we go, uh, Psalm chapter 23, beginning verse one. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Again, that's the New International Version. Another translation says, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I think that's the King James Version. Another translation says, I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. I made up a version of my own years ago, and it goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I've got nothing to worry about. The Lord is my shepherd, I've got nothing to worry about. And as I have told you in church, if you go to church at New Hope, I've said this throughout the years. Once I said that years and years ago, um, it's kind of been a reoccurring theme in my mind when I start to get a little anxious about things. I just say, the Lord is my shepherd. I've got nothing to worry about. And he's a good shepherd. We, we learned this as we read through the book of John before we got to this week, uh, that he is a good shepherd. He calls himself the good shepherd and he does what good shepherds do. <clears throat> a good shepherd does a few things. Uh, they provide food and access to water and shelter and basic necessities for this life and, and for their sheep. And, and uh, so a good shepherd provides what is needed. Uh, I, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I got everything that I need. I've, I've talked about this before, but my grandparents on my dad's side were sheep farmers in Ohio. 
the first Christians in my family on that side of the family, on my dad's side. And one of the things I learned very early in life is that sheep are sort of needy. Uh, there are some animals that you could just sort of release into the wild and they could probably fend for themselves. And a sheep could probably do that if push came to shove. But of the animals that would survive and thrive, sheep would <laughs> it'd probably be pretty low on that list. Sheep, sheep basically need somebody to watch out for them and to provide for them. And that's what a good shepherd does for his sheep. He provides. He makes sure that they have what they need, that they have a food source, that they have a water source, that they even have shelter if necessary, because that's what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd provides. Verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul, which he, another way of saying this is he makes me take a rest. He makes me, he makes me, I don't want to sound like a teenager when I say this, but he makes me chill. He makes me, he forces me to. And honestly, you know, there's been a lot of negatives in this current situation that we are a lot of negatives. And so I don't want to come back here again to this kind of a situation. But honestly, some of us needed to slow down a little bit and get reacquainted with our kids, and with our spouse, and with God. He leads me. He leads me beside still waters. He makes me lie down in grease pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He, he pulls me out of the rat race for a, a little while and does something to my soul. I think that's why I love getting together with the church family. I get, I don't know about you, man, but when, when we get together as a church family, something and, and I'm noticing this more now that it's not happening, now that we're not getting together, at least physically speaking and spending time together in God's house. I do, there's something that happens to my soul in the gathering of God's people, whether it's in the worship time or in the prayer time or when the, the preaching's happening or uh, in the lobby beforehand or afterwards, we get refreshed, man. It's like, it's like uh, going beside those quiet waters and God's slowing us down, taking us away from work for a little while, away from the busyness of our days to where we just kind of show up and we spend some uninterrupted moments in God's house with his people. And I love it, man. Uh, where am I? Rest, rest of verse three here. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Uh, truth, sheep are not dumb, as in stupid. I, I've heard pastors preach before, and they're just like dog and sheep. You know, like, sheep are so stupid, so stupid. They're not really stupid. <clears throat> it's just that sheep have such a strong herd instinct. Uh, whatever the lead sheep does, they just follow that lead sheep. So I've heard it said, though I don't know if it's ever been proven, if the uh, lead sheep just jumps off of a cliff, the rest of the flock will jump off the cliff too. Or if a lead, the lead sheep refuses to eat the food that's available, the, the rest of the flock won't eat it either and will simply starve to death. Once again, I don't know if that's true, never seen it done, never heard about it being done, but that's what the uh, hypothesis is that's out there. The point being here is that their herd instinct is stronger 
than their intelligence. The herd instinct that they have is stronger than their intelligence. And maybe you're thinking, I'm glad humans are not like that. <laughs> but truth be told, we're a lot like that. We tend to follow the herd. I mean, how else can you explain some of the fashions that we were guilty of in decades past? Have you looked at some of your pictures from, if you're old enough, from the 80s to see what you're wearing? I looked at one of my pictures not too long ago and I was like, why? Why? But the, the, the answer to the question why is because everybody else was wearing those things too. I would wear these, uh, these polo shirts that were like five sizes too big for me and these khaki pants that had too many pleats in them and were massive and, you know, so that's what we do as humans because it's in style. We just go with that style and jump off the cliff along with everybody else. Um, some of our young men are going to grow up and look back at a time right now where their pants were a little bit too skinny. <laughs> They're going to say, what was I thinking? Uh, some things are not attractive. They don't make sense deep down inside. We know it, but we do it anyway because everybody else is doing it. Okay. We want to fit in with the herd. So a good shepherd realizes that if the herd is going to go the right way. He needs to guide them because if he doesn't guide them, they may end up going the wrong way because they're confused about which way is the right way. They don't know which way to go. Verse, uh, verse four, lost my place. Verse four, even though I walk through the darkest valley, <laughs> which in uh, the King James Version, it says the valley of the shadow of death, which by the way, is a real valley in Israel. I have seen it with my own eyes. It's a uh, it's an amazing thing. It's, uh, it's so deep. And I don't know how to explain this. You're just going to have to go with me to Israel sometime. But, but you drive the bus up all through all these hills and, and get out, and then you walk up to the, it's kind of a, a rolling hill, but then it just goes down. I mean, it goes so far down. I'm not even sure how far it goes down, but it's so dark at the bottom. And it is actually a valley that runs all the way up from close to Jerusalem, all the way down to the city of Jericho. And it is along this valley of the shadow of death where Jesus went into the wilderness to be tested for 40 days after he was baptized down near Jericho. It is also the route that a lot of people took from Jerusalem down to Jericho. So probably where Jesus had in mind for the story of the Good Samaritan. I'm just telling you, it's a, it's a real spot, real place, and it is really intimidating. If I could, I'd show you a picture right now. You feel like you're going to fall down to it even when you're standing near the edge of it. But uh, a, a, a place where robbers and bandits would often camp out and wait for people to come through, a place where the sun doesn't hit the bottom of it until it is exactly straight overhead and not for long. And David probably, as he was a shepherd, probably spent a lot of time in this area. In fact, when we were there, we were at the Valley of the Shadow of Death. It was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, it was like uh, we were in a fantasy world because it was like somebody cue the goat herd to show up right now. And we're standing there uh, looking at the Valley of Shadow of Death. We turn around and start to walk back to the bus. And here comes some Bedouins, some, some uh, uh, shepherds with a flock of goats, probably, I don't know, 50 goats walking along. And this is the same thing David used to do back in the day, back near that valley. Wow, taking too much time here. Verse four again, this time all of it. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
So the good shepherd here, the Lord, defends his sheep against enemies and against harm. David once talked about a couple of times when he had those uh, moments where he had to defend his flock against wild animals. And he was a good shepherd, so he defended his flock. And because, listen to me, a good shepherd like Jesus, though sweet and kind and loving and nice and gentle and all that, when it comes down to it, if there is some sort of threat to the flock, that shepherd will use deadly force, deadly force if necessary to protect the flock. My uh, grandpa, he had sheepdogs and uh, border collies actually, and they were so smart, such smart dogs. And he could control them with a single command that I saw these dogs. And I was gonna tell you, this scarred me for life. <laughs> But I saw those dogs literally tear a raccoon into two halves while it was still alive. And it was just the most, wow, I still haven't quite got over that. I saw that as a kid. But those dogs were servants of my granddad and they helped protect the flock. And my granddad also had a, 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 a rifle that was always nearby. And I saw him on two different occasions shoot at wild animals uh, from the tractor, as we were on the tractor, he shot at animals that were in the fields with, uh, with, with the sheep and another uh, location with the, with the cows, uh, shooting at animals that were encroaching on the farm. And he was one for two out of those two shots that I saw him shoot. But uh, he took both those shots because he was a good shepherd. And here's what good shepherds do. Good shepherds protect, okay? Verse four. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, first of all, this is where things change. And verse four is where things change. In verses one through three, he talks about God. He gives us characteristics of God, the good shepherd. And then he gets into the valley of the shadow of death in verse four. And in verse four, things change, the, the pronouns change. Instead of talking about God, now he's talking to God. That's because when things get tough and when you find yourself in a dark valley in this life, you don't want to, you don't want to hear about God. You want to hear from God. You want to talk to God. And same thing is true for us right now in the situation that we're in. Somebody sent me a report the other day <clears throat> that um, was done by some doctor uh, that is researching this right now. And they said that Google searches did, during this crisis that we're in right now, Google searches for prayer are up like 10,000%. Like they were way down here, they have a graph and it just skyrockets when, uh, when, the, when this coronavirus hit us. And that's because this is a valley that we're in. And there's so many people that are spiritually open right now and they want, they don't want to talk about God. They want to talk to God, which for me as a pastor and hopefully for you as a believer is encouraging that God can use even this mess to get people closer to him. Uh, also, 
understand that the staff that he's talking about here, he says, Rod and your staff, they comfort me. While it could be used to keep enemies away, this staff is also used to keep the sheep going in the right direction. And any, any problem that comes along, uh, he can correct it. And uh, any wayward sheep that goes in the wrong direction, he can reach out and he can grab that sheep or he can encourage that sheep to get back into line. And I just want to say, aren't you glad that we have a good shepherd who has a staff that when we get off a little bit into the weeds, that he's able to pull us back to where we need to be? Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is a reference right there, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a reference to heaven. Now, the amazing thing is that God has promised to do these things in this chapter of the Bible. He's promised to do these things in your life, in your life. He says, I'll provide for you. I will, uh, I'll protect you. I'll be there to protect you no matter what. He says, I'll, I'll give you guidance. I will correct you if you need to be corrected. And, but, but here's the deal. He will do it. He'll do it if we let him be our shepherd. See, the, the promise is all the way back in verse 1. The, who the promise is to? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need or I lack nothing. So. All the promises in this passage of Scripture are only true if the Lord is my shepherd. And when the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I could never ever need in this life. I have protection. I have direction. I have provision. I have correction. And that's all I need. And if you have everything that you need, then what do you need to worry about? The answer is nothing. And here we are in this time when it feels like there's a lot to worry about. And I just wanna I just wanna walk into this moment and into your life with God's word and just say this. If the Lord is your shepherd, you've got nothing to worry about. You've got nothing to worry about. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you are our good shepherd in these very trying times. Now, let me read through it one more time, and this time I'm not going to stop, all right? And if you want to, and you have your Bible there, you have your Bible app open or something, you can read it along with me out loud. Once again, I'm in the New International Version, so it may sound a little different than the version that you're using. But here we go, one time straight through. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, thank you for, for being our good shepherd. Thank you for, even in the middle of this mess that we're in right now, for providing for us, for protecting us, for guiding us, and God, for even correcting us. We ask you, Lord, to do those things in people's lives right now. We ask you to provide for those in need. I ask you, God, to protect those who are on the front lines who are fighting this battle against this uh, unseen enemy, this deadly virus. I pray that you would give them your protection as they deal with folks and uh, who they don't know if they're sick or not, but they try to help the ones who are and so forth. Let's protect them, God, protect them. I pray that you would guide our leaders, that you'd give them wisdom, that you would uh, guide those who are looking for the cure for this thing, for a vaccine. I pray, uh, you would correct us, Lord, when our attitudes kind of go south sometimes in the middle of this thing. I pray that you would, God, that you would take care of my church family during this tough week. And I pray all this in the name of the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, and all the people said, amen. Hey guys, I love you so much, miss you. Can't wait to be together again. Uh, Try to make it the best day that you possibly can. Remember, if the Lord is your shepherd, you got nothing to worry about. See you next time. Bye-bye.